Corinthians in chapter 9. Oftentimes, it, and I'm sure others, others in here have been in the same situation. Has anybody ever seen God in nature? Look at how complicated, difficult, and beautiful it is. And we can see God in nature. We can even see God in science as much as people try to, to disprove God with science. We can see God in the, the things around us. We can see God in people. We can see God in, in actions. We can see God in attitudes and in behaviors. He can reveal Himself to us. And a lot of times, whenever we think about seeing God in the world, we think of it as seeing His majesty. We see it as seeing His creation, seeing His wondrous love toward us, seeing His grace, His long-suffering, His mercy, even in nature. But, but a lot of times, we can also see our shortcomings. We can see our failures in the world. And, uh, and this happened to me Thursday, yeah, Thursday afternoon, uh, I saw, I saw, I saw God revealed to me in a different way. I, I saw how oftentimes I don't work as hard for Him as I should. I saw how oftentimes I, I fail Him because uh, good enough is not the best. I heard a quote one time, and it said, "Good enough is the enemy of the best." And uh, my neighbor, one of his favorite sayings is, "Good enough isn't perfect." And whenever we start thinking about the, the things in our career and in our job, a lot of times we want to, especially if it's something that we enjoy doing, we want to be the best. If we're playing, a, uh, if we're playing sports or playing checkers, we want to be the best. Whenever we're uh, singing, especially praising God, we want to be the best. Whenever it comes to being the employee of the month, we want to be the best. Teacher of the year, student of the year, we want to be the best. And, and oftentimes we won't settle for good enough. But a lot of times, and I'm guilty of it myself, we find ourselves settling whenever it comes to the things of God. We, we say, well, I, I read my Bible twice a week. That's good enough. Good enough is the enemy of best. God gave His best for us. Amen. God gave His Son for us. Perfect. Holy. Why can't we give our best to Him? Why do we fall short? 1 Corinthians in chapter 9, we're going to begin in verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 Verse 24 said, Know ye not that they which run a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself shall be a castaway. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather at your house this morning. God, thank you for the wonderful week we have with Brother Eddie. God, thank you for, for your word that through it we might have uh, hope. God, through it we might have strength, but also we might have correction to see where we're wrong. God, help us so we can strengthen our relationship with you. God, that we could truly be revived as a church. That it could spread even throughout this community, through this country. God, I pray that you'd help us that, as a people of God, that we could draw closer to you. Help us that we would have a greater burden for those in our midst, God, and in our family and in our community that are lost and unsaved. Pray that you would prick their heart. They could see their need of a Savior before we be everlasting too late. Be with us throughout this service. Forgive us for we fail you. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. I was at a football game Thursday night, and I saw a quarterback was running and he had the football in his hand and there were two or three people hanging on each side of him and he was almost to the goal line but right there at the, the last minute he stretched 
And I hate to say it, I don't stretch for God often enough. He could have failed. He could have stopped, said, well, we'll get it on the next play. But he didn't. He stretched. We got to stretch for God. Serving God is not easy. Sticking with God is not easy. Following God is not easy. It requires us to stretch. It may require us to carry some people for 10 or 12 yards. It may require us to carry the, the weight of the world. It may require us to, 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 to feel bad. It may require us to be sore tomorrow morning. It may require us to take some hits. But at some point, we have to stretch for God. God stretched down His hand for us. God offered His Son for us. God gave everything for us. And whenever we get to good enough, oftentimes we stop. I'm not going to turn and read, but we can talk about the people in the Bible that didn't stop. Moses had a good life. Moses was in great shape. You talk about a man that, that had it made. Living in the house of the Pharaoh. <coughs> taken by the daughter of the Pharaoh. That man wouldn't have had to worry about anything for the rest of his life. But that wasn't good enough for him. You know why that wasn't good enough for him? Because Moses realized that this life ain't all of it. It's not it. If I stop right here, then that makes me a failure. I tell my kids at school, especially whenever we start to build things, well, I messed up. It don't matter. You got to keep going. Well, my wood busted. Glue it back together. I drilled a hole in the wrong place. Drill in the right place. Whenever we mess up, whenever things get us down, whenever we get to the point that even if we're on cruise control, things are not good enough for us. If they are, then we need to re-examine ourselves. We need to look at ourselves. Brother Eddie preached on Monday. He said to, to examine ourselves. And he preached on Tuesday. Who do we think we are that we're going to settle for good enough with God? We read of the preaching of Paul in the book of Acts. He came to King Agrippa. King Agrippa said, almost I persuaded me to be a Christian. Paul said, almost ain't good enough. My own words. If Agrippa didn't trust Jesus completely and totally with his whole heart, he's burning in hell right now because almost wasn't close enough. Amen. Close enough wasn't his best. Close enough wasn't all the way. And if we're close to sold out for God, we're not there yet. If we're close to the Christian that we should be, we're not there yet. If we're close to studying our Bible on a regular basis, we're not there yet. If we're close to being committed to church, to being committed to a prayer life, to being committed to our young people, to being committed to our family, we're not there yet. Because close leaves just a little bit of room for the devil to get in. Close leaves a little bit of room for doubt. Close leaves a little bit of room for, dare I say, laziness. And if you're here in marriage, you understand that, that a marriage, you can't have laziness in it. Because it don't take much for you to argue, to fuss. And if you're not 100% committed and sold out, then a wedge you get between you. That's not a healthy thing to be. In the same way, if something gets between us and God, that wedge gets driven in between us and our spiritual relationship with Him. We're not sold out for God. Then we got to reach. we got to stretch. We have to be completely and totally sold out for God. Moses said he chose to suffer for a season. He chose to suffer with the Israelite people. Didn't God use him? Instead of being content, instead of settling for where he was at, he knew he wasn't in the right place. 
Oftentimes, I find myself knowing good and well that instead of watching Netflix, I should be studying my Bible. And it hurts because it's a really good show. And I have to I have to apologize. I have to ask for forgiveness because I didn't prioritize God in that moment. Oftentimes we have to remember and think about the people that are around us whenever we begin to pray. Or we'll find ourselves avoiding topics, avoiding issues. We'll find ourselves saying something for the benefit of others around us. And if we're praying that way, then we're praying wrong. We have to pray to God. Otherwise, we're going to fall short because we're not sold out. Close isn't close enough. Whenever I think of of Joseph in the Bible, Joseph had a hard life. If we're going to stick with the football analogy, Joseph carried the other team and his team all the way down the field. He had every obstacle that you could imagine in his way. His own family, his own team held him back. Tried to kill him. Bless you. Tried to do everything they could to get rid of him. Joseph stayed faithful to God. After his family sold him to slavery, Joseph stayed faithful to God. Once the the Potiphar's wife lied on him, Joseph stayed faithful to God. Joseph got thrown in jail. He stayed faithful to God. If you read the back half of that story, God blessed Joseph to save a nation. Because he stayed faithful to God. Because he was sold out. Because he didn't settle for good enough. If halfway through his life, if Joseph would have said, Well, I have served God enough. I'm done. Wouldn't we be in trouble? That's the lineage of Jesus. If you say sold out, I'm done. I've done enough. I've earned my keep. Then you're saying that God can't use you to be a blessing to someone anymore. If I say I'm good enough, then I'm saying that God can't allow me to learn anything else. That I, He can't allow me to be a blessing to anybody else. I might as well roll over and die. If I say that I'm good enough for God, then I might as well roll over. This is not doing me any good to stay around any longer. I had a baseball coach in high school and nothing was any ever good enough for him. It's a wonderful coach. Nothing was ever good enough. Hit a home run, sure went further. Make a double play, too slow. It was always something. Always. Never failed. It, he said, if you're not perfect, you're not good enough for me. Knowing that we would never be perfect. But that made us work harder to be better. As Christians, do we work harder to be better or are we stuck? Content. Falling down whenever somebody hits us. Falling down short of the goal. Paul says, so I run, so run that you may obtain. So try hard. Running is not easy. I always tell everybody, if you see me running, you need to run too because something is after me. I, I don't like to run. I don't particularly like to exercise unless I'm working. And uh, Paul here, he, he says run. We're all running. We're all racing. And he said in a race, only one person obtains. But the beautiful thing is that if, if we live for God... And everybody gets rewarded. If we live for God, then it don't matter who beats us. We're not accountable to them. It don't matter who says they're a better Christian than we are. We're not accountable to them. And if we let them get between us and God, then that drags us down. That puts us in bad shape. That puts us in a poor and pitiful place to be. Whenever we let other people 
come between us and God. Jealousy is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And so instead of looking at other people, let's examine ourselves and not get built up to, to the point that we can't be used of God. When I look at Daniel, he was he was a captive. He was in a strange land around strange people. And he was praying to God and they told him no. How many times have we been said no to about our beliefs in this world? They take God out of the courts. They take God out of our schools. They shove all these new it's legal down our throat. And we're supposed to accept it. Daniel said no. I won't accept it. Not going to happen. So what happened with Daniel? He was thrown into the lion's den. And Daniel would have said well. I'm done. Rolled over. I think the lions would have ate him. I think if Daniel would have stopped right there, I think the lions would have killed him. But Daniel didn't stop for God. He didn't fall short. Daniel went all the way every time. Daniel never slowed down, never checked up. And I believe with all my heart until the day he died that Daniel was sold out for God. I believe that until the day he died that Moses was sold out for God using a great way. Joseph was sold out for God, allowing God to lead in his life at every step. He didn't slow down. He didn't give up. He didn't stop and say, whoa, I'm done. Galatians in chapter 6, verse 9 says to be not weary. We reap what we sow. And if we sow garbage, for lack of a better term, because we're tired, or if we go out there to plant seed and we skip about every third row because we're tired of planting, then we're not going to sow very much. And so in our everyday life, if, if we only plant every third seed, if we only serve God one day a week, twice on Sundays, then we're going to reap exactly that. If we're only being used of God, if we only allow ourselves to be a Christian two days a week, or if we only allow ourselves to be a witness to people that we like, if we only try to tell Jesus to people that we talk about, that we talk to, if we only allow our friends to see our Christian side and the rest of the world sees our not-so-Christian side, that don't make us a Christian. That makes us a two-faced hypocrite. That's all there is to it. It's either a yes or a no. We're either going to fall down short of the goal. In verse 26, Paul says, therefore, so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Paul said that everything that he did, everything that he suffered, everything that he went through was for a reason. And if we believe that, then God will take care of us just like he did Paul. God will use us just like he did Paul. Whenever we take a look at the apostles, oftentimes we think of somebody as superhuman. We think of somebody as a super Christian. I've heard them referred to oftentimes. But they're people that allow God to use them. They're people like you and like me that allowed their life to be used of God. And Paul will run the race so that he might obtain the prize. So that he might stand before God and hear those words, well done. That would be beautiful, wouldn't it? It's going to be a beautiful thing to stand before Jesus and, and worship Him in song and in praise. But it's going to be a whole other thing whenever we're judged of Him based on how short we may have failed whenever we gave up.
It's going to be a sad thing to think of what we missed whenever we gave up, whenever we stopped, whenever we were so very close, but we couldn't see what we was about to accomplish. But we quit. There's a, a game it's called Deal or No Deal. There's an arcade. Me and my wife went on vacation. I don't remember where it was at. Anyway, there was an arcade that had a video game, Deal or No Deal. You chose briefcases, and after you chose a briefcase, the, the game would offer to buy that briefcase from you. And the further along you went, you had no idea what was in the briefcases, but you had to make a decision. We have no idea what is coming for us tomorrow. We have no idea the opportunity that God is going to give us to be a blessing to somebody tomorrow. We have no idea the lost person that we may be able to touch with our life tomorrow. But if we sell out today, then we know exactly how many people we're going to reach. And that's a grand total of zero. If we sell out and give up today, if we fall short today, if we say I'm good enough today, then you can guarantee what's going to happen tomorrow is we're not going to be used of God. We're not going to be able to be a blessing to someone. We're not going to be able to reach a lost soul. We're not going to be able to lead somebody back to Jesus. Turn with me if you would to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. The book of Proverbs in chapter 4. It's going to be in verse 25. Remembering that good enough is the enemy of our best. If we always shoot for good enough, then we'll never reach our full potential for God. Proverbs in chapter 4 verse 25 says, Let thine eyes look right on and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. I wasn't allowed to play football in high school. I was given the choice of two sports and I did basketball and baseball. But as I watch football, and I just feel dirty to watch pro football now. It's plumb terrible. But as I watched the, the game the other night, and I watched a couple of college games yesterday, I watched the people run, and they, they run with a purpose. But at the same time, whenever they're running, they have their eye on the prize. They know exactly where that first down is. They know exactly where that goal line is. Very few times, especially nowadays, do you catch somebody running toward the opposite end of the field. I'm not saying it don't happen. But very few times do you see them turning around running the opposite direction of where the goal is. In the same way in our Christian race and our Christian fight, let our eyes look straight on. Let the eyelids look straight before thee. If we start looking to the left and to the right, looking at what the world is throwing in our direction, then we're not trusting God to take care of it. And that's a sin. On Wednesday night, if you missed the service, Brother Ed, Brother Eddie Teach taught about, uh, taught about worry. And that if we worry and we don't give it to God, then in essence that is a sin. Being concerned about it is not. But not giving it to God, allowing that thing that the world threw at us to come between us and Him, is wrong. And if we turn our eyes from one side to the other, if we look at what's coming at us rather than where we're going, where God is leading us, how He is taking care of us, is anybody in here not blessed above and beyond what we ever could be? 2020 has been a crazy year, but God took care of us. Amen. Several have passed on, but God took care of them. They're better off, better place, comforted. 
God takes care of us whenever we let Him. God will protect us whenever we let Him. In the same way, God will use us whenever we let Him. Verse 27, Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Keep your eye on the prize. That prize being the Son of God. The reason that we come to church and worship. The reason that we call ourselves Christians. Because we have life through Christ. I saw a t-shirt and I think I actually have a sign that says it. It says, born twice and you'll only die once. If you're born twice, you'll only die once. And we're all born once, but that second one is a choice. A decision that we have to make. And if you live your life, I mean, as, as close to the Bible as you can, and you don't make that choice to be saved, that choice to accept Jesus, then you're going to die and go to hell. Amen. Because good enough isn't Christ. Christ was perfect. And he said, oh, well, let's turn, read. turn with me if you would to Romans in chapter 10. Book of Romans in chapter 10. Salvation is very simple. But goodness gracious, it can be complicated whenever we begin to get in our own head. Whenever we try to help God. Whenever we don't let Him have it. Romans chapter 10. Going to begin in verse 10. It says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the Lord is uh, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It don't get any simpler than that. I tell people oftentimes, hey, if you ever need anything, call me. But it's harder to call me than it is to call God. Because call me, you got to get a cell phone, you got to have cell phone service, you got to hope that I answer. I mean, it's, it's, it, it can be an undertaking. But if you're hearing us say, to call God is, is not near as difficult as calling somebody else. To call upon God, you simply have to believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. That He died for you. If you accept that, God, for Jesus' sake, will save you. And then He'll use you. It's a beautiful and wonderful thing whenever we're selling out for God. Whenever we're sold out for Him. Whenever everything that we do and think revolves around Him because He has made promises to us that are contained in this book that He'll protect us, that He'll take care of us, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That He'll lead us, that He'll guide us, and through His Holy Spirit, He'll show us the right direction. And that through Him, we might have life, and we might have it more abundantly. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, before everything else in this world, before anything that may be holding you back from being saved or from being the Christian that you ought to be. There ain't nothing more important than God. There ain't nothing more powerful than God. There ain't nothing more protective than God. There ain't nothing more forgiving than God. There ain't nothing that can bless us as much as serving God can. But too many times we get our eyes on, on COVID-19. We get our eyes on hurricane, whatever Greek alphabet they're on right now. We get our eyes on 
on the things of this world that will all burn up one day. We get our eyes on the things that God said He'll protect us through. But instead of praying for His protection, we say, nope, let me hunker down and I'm going to get all this and I'm going to gather all this. God rained fire down from heaven on Sodom and Gomorrah. They had never seen it before. It had never happened before. At the Tower of Babel, God sent angels and scattered them. Never happened before. The people had no idea. Confused their language. They had to move away. It had never happened before. If God wants us gone, He'll take us. If today is our day, He'll take us. But if it's not, please let us stretch for God. Let us reach out. Let us try as hard as we possibly can to get to the goal. Today is the day. Now is the time to be sold out for Him. I'm going to read you a couple of, of scriptures. Oftentimes we use excuses of why we may or may not can be sold out for God. Of why we may or may not can make it to church, pray for revival, witness to a lost person, share a scripture with somebody. Joshua said in 24.15, Choose you this day. Whom you'll serve. And what did he say after that? He said, he said, choose what you'll serve. Who you'll serve. He said, but it's for me and my house. We serve the Lord. He made his decision. And he called everybody else to make theirs as well. In 1 Kings 18.21, the Bible says, How long shall you halt? How long will you stop and think about it instead of letting God have it? How long will you refuse to give God your problems? How long will we stop short of our goal? How long will we slow down because we're good enough? Proverbs 21, uh, 27.1 says, Boast not of tomorrow. The song will say, it's sung that Jesus is coming soon. If he came right now, would he find us kneeling down, taking a breath, falling short? Or would he find us working for him? The Sunday school this morning was about a man in the book of Philippians. Paul called him a fellow servant. called him a, a fellow soldier a faithful messenger that whenever Paul needed something the man was there and I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name because it's about that long but whenever Paul needed him he was there Paul found him faithful and I believe that God did too Isaiah 55 6 says seek ye the Lord while he may be found 2 Corinthians 6 2 says now is the acceptable time now is the day of salvation. Now is the day that we can turn our life back to God. Now is the day that we can pray that He can use us in a greater way than He did yesterday. Now is the day when we can ask Him for forgiveness is what's standing between us and Him. Now is the day that we can turn our life, our church, our community into a powerhouse for God. Because if we don't believe that we can change the world, then we don't believe that God can change the world through us. And that lack of faith is scary. Tell kids in school, what you want to be an astronaut, president. They want to be an astronaut because they want to change the world. It's, it's beautiful, it's great, it's wonderful. They want to be president. The president is powerful. The president can change the world. But if we want to be a Christian, we can change the world more than any of them. If we'll let God use us.
you need examples, you can go back through the Old and the New Testament. The book of Hebrews says it very well. Right there in one chapter. The people that called rain, called down fire from heaven, closed the mouth of lions. They were powerhouses for God because they let God use them. They didn't say, I'm good enough. They didn't say, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm going to be sore tomorrow if I keep working this hard. If God would have gave us half of what he had, then we could justify giving half back to him. But God gave us everything. And if Jesus can die for us, why can't we live for him? If you're here and lost this morning, Jesus died for you. He died so that you might be saved. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you'll call upon the name of Jesus this morning, God, for Christ's sake, will save you. And you can leave here with a smile on your face. Angels in heaven can rejoice. And we'll all rejoice right there along with you. But if you leave here lost this morning, there's no promise of tomorrow. There's no promise of tonight. And so I beg you and I plead with you and the people of the church do as well. Accept Christ as your Savior before it's everlasting too late. And God will use you in a mighty way. Oh, we have a verse for something.